Hi, this is Ross Payton with the Mix 6 Podcast. Every month, we release two full-length episodes exclusively for our fans on Patreon. This is one of our more recent episodes, but if you want to help support our podcast and get access to 70 additional episodes, join our Patreon today. You'll also get access to Hot Takes on Ice, a short podcast where we go over relevant topics of the day. Uh, We have a great community Discord for our Patreon backers where we chat and share links with the fans. And if you're already a backer, thank you for your support. Enjoy this episode. Well, by the time you're listening to this, I will have launched Delta Green Dead Channels, Heaven on Games Open Design, and the FAM Kickstarter, which is either off to a great start or just going down in flames right about now. Yeah, either, it is, either way, you're managing your alcohol intake and customer feedback. Yeah, yeah. Either, either way, cheers to crowdfunding as a concept, because... Mm-hmm. Without it, I could not survive. And, uh, <laughs> Welcome to the club. Yay, yay. Clink. Hey, everybody. I'm Caleb. I'm Spencer. And this is the Mix Six, where we drink six beers, have six conversations, rate them on a five point scale. Are one of three Patreons in a world where I've done four crowdfunding campaigns on uh, a platform that I once had a MySpace account on. <laughs> um, that's just the way it is. Everything's connected to everything else. Drink beer about it. That's certainly our plan. It should be yours as well. Time is a flat circle, like a coaster. Yes. Uh, so I have stumbled drunkenly out of this introduction. Uh, I don't have a pre-party anymore because all my things done been launched. Please give me I have one. money at all of them. Ross has one, yeah. though. Um, Ludo Narrative Dissidents is a Kickstarter that I'm going to be uh, launching very soon, uh, hopefully this week. Um, it's already submitted for review. Uh, it's a podcast series with me, Greg Stolze, uh, creator of Unknown Armies, A Dirty World, many other games, and James Wallace, the creator of The Extraordinary Adventures of Baron Munchausen. Uh, he published uh, Noblis. Uh, he's been involved in game design for decades. Uh, we're going to be doing a, and we'll have a preview episode up on RPPR. It's a, every episode we look at a game that you, the backers vote on, uh, an RPG, and we talk about it in detail and do a deep dive on the uh, the mechanics, the style, the setting, Hell yeah. all that good stuff. And uh, there are rewards to playing games run by us, uh, online games. Uh, we even have a high-level reward for critiquing your unpublished game. Um, and, uh, yeah, there's just a lot of uh, cool stuff. And it's, uh, yeah, only going to be running for two weeks. Um, so, yeah, check it out. America in 2021 is pay us enough money and we will judge you. Yeah. Yeah. Basically. Love this model. <laughs> Love this model 100%. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and the the fam Kickstarter will be up for a more desperate amount of time. Yeah, too. <laughs> so, say, yeah, everyone know that you've got you got some more time on that one. Pl- yeah. Plenty of time to pepper your funds around yes. the Peyton verse. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, folks, I got good news. It's still Food Month. Mm-hmm. I got bad news. Food Month is almost over. Oh, thank God. Okay. Listen, <laughs> I think it's the best thing we do all year, uh, and I'm not. I'm not even. Hey, biased. I'm actually really happy about it. Uh, if only because I, it could be the 15 months without human contact talking. Right. But I really think wow. it was good this year. I think part of it was 
uh, doing two at once yeah. in one day, yeah. it was kind of like ripping the Band-Aid off. That's right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's it was sort of a yeah. major pain, like, two you want me to take your mind off hands. that leg yeah. and then yeah. snap on the thumb. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Uh-huh. That's right. So, uh, you know, for, for you listening, it's been a month of food month. But for us, it was like a day of food month, mm-hmm. which, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, that that's a lot of food month. But here we are at our last and final food month rating system of 2021. And I've been thinking a lot about uh, our last 14 months and, and, and in particular, the joy, overwhelming amount of joy I had sitting at this kitchen table no more than a week ago to finally record in person and how much it really spoke to me and how much I felt of the last 14 months as a, a substitute for, mm-hmm. for this, for this meaningful interaction that I get with my close friends. And it got me thinking about foods that I have also tried to substitute for other foods for health reasons or trend reasons. And so today I'll be rating beers, will be rating beers, based on substitute foods. Things that I've tried because I thought, hey, maybe it's better for you. Maybe it's better for an allergy that I might have. And I'll be rating them from things that didn't work at all and shouldn't be substituted even a little bit to things that were pretty fucking good in terms of substitution. So a one, a substitute food that I've tried a different, a variety, a variety of, and I just can't seem to get it right. Cheese, particularly vegan cheese. It no work for me, man. Uh, I have tried and tried and tried. I've put it on burgers. I've used it in mac and cheese. In fact, the only acceptable use of vegan cheese is an Amy's vegan mac and cheese. But by and large, vegan cheese does not work for me. The texture is weird. The flavor is weird. The aftertaste is even weirder than all of that. Vegan cheese is a no-go. If you can, lactose permitting, cheese way greater than vegan cheese. A two, things that I don't, I don't like substituting, but there are better versions of. Gluten-free beers. Granted, most of them are not good. But like some of that omission what about, stuff. What about a Glutenberg? Yeah, Glutenberg and the omission stuff is pretty good. So it brings the average up. Overall, that's why I, it's not a one. That's exactly right. Yeah. Overall, I wouldn't make that substitution if I didn't have to. But I do think that there are some that are pretty drinkable, maybe even without the gluten-free moniker. Yeah. And so it makes them a two. A three, the thing that is like a pretty easy one for one substitution and doesn't really change uh, the, the overall quality of the dish for me. Rice pasta rather than your standard pasta. So almost exclusively, I eat rice pasta now. There's no gluten. It's probably healthier, at least for my gut, than many other instances. And you really cannot taste a difference, or at least I cannot taste a difference. Here's the other thing. You're coating it in so much sauce and or whatever else. Of course, we've already talked about sauce and noodle shape on this show. (laughs) And I say that out loud, like, not as a joke. Like, we've genuinely done that and had meaningful debate about it. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, Rice pasta, easy one-to-one trade for me. I'd make that trade all day. Okay, now we're getting into the good stuff. The stuff that I actually think you can swap and you may be in better shape because of it. You may get an improved quality ingredient. Four, some of the vegan burger substitutes are fucking delicious. Yeah. I I don't know that they're actually good for you, but they're delicious. They're probably not. They got a ton of sodium. A hundred percent. Impossible burger, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, like the Impossible Mm -hmm. Burger, the Beyond Meat Burger. Like Mm -hmm. I read somewhere that they fucking have carcinogens in them. And I'm like, eh. Uh, One of the reasons I go to the Alamo is because I like the vegan burger there, which is Mm. the Beyond Meat Burger, by the way. Okay. It's delicious. You can actually get a more quality dining experience. I've just been getting like frozen ones and pan frying. Yeah, yeah. they're really good. Yeah. And then a five, and this one has done changed the game for me. We all know that I have a thing about sticky fingers, and so I've always had a weird approach to buffalo wings. I don't eat bone-in wings, but I will eat a <laughs> buffalo wing, which, by the way, is just a chicken nugget and sauce. Totally uh-huh. good with that. Still happy to order it. But here's a here's an odd substitute that I think might actually even be better. Buffalo fried cauliflower. 
If you can find buffalo cauliflower, and a lot of places are doing it these days, the texture is great. The taste is unbelievable. It's the appropriate use of cauliflower and maybe the appropriate use of buffalo sauce to make cauliflower, otherwise not a great thing, totally Mm. fucking delicious. Alamo, also great buffalo cauliflower next time you're there. So we'll be using substitution foods for our last of the Food Month rating systems. And for those of you who are upset that Food Month has gone away, feel free to sign my petition at moveon.org to let Caleb and Ross know that Food Month should be a year-round activity. And with that, we're going to get some beer and we'll be right back. Hey, Spencer, what are you drinking? I am ready to roll on a Melvin Brewing Eureka. It is the Night Visions Vanilla Latte, an imperial stout with coffee, vanilla beans, and lactose. It's also 11%. So, Ooh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, get in there. <laughs> well, I mean, if you go coffee forward enough, you can cut the alcohol, but then I hope you like a fucking coffee. Yeah. Spencer likes a coffee. He does like a coffee. It, yeah. Wow. Deeply coffee. Yeah, I yeah. didn't suspect you to hate that. Big latte <clears throat> flavor. Um, like you are getting definitely some... BLE? Yeah. Big latte energy? Yeah, big, <laughs> big latte energy. Uh, um, yeah. I like that quite a bit. Um, and that does not feel like an 11% beer, which is exactly the kind of beer that yep. you get in trouble with. Uh, you have an 11% coffee anything. Just yeah. the answer is more coffee. Right. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Until you can't taste it anymore. Uh, boy, that's delicious. Like it is not sweet. It It, it is like a good cup of get like, in cold here. Brew. Get it. Let's smooch again. But here's the thing. Like you don't love a coffee. And so I'm worried that you might not because it, it really does taste like a cold brew latte without like any sweetness. No, it's quite good. It's quite good. Yeah. It's three for me because I don't care for coffee. Right. But it, but I can like tell coffee. it's good coffee. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean that that we have had a lot of coffee beer on this show. You don't smell the coffee as much. No, no, no. Yeah. no you don't get a lot of the roastiness on the front. That's why I kind of. So I imagine like, that's like a four. It's not the best thing. Ooh, boy, that I, is super. I really, I really like that. Yeah, like yeah. I, that might be a five for me. Ooh, like we've had a lot of coffee beer on this show, and. I don't think a lot of beers do coffee well. No. They're too light. It's over-roasted and has that kind of like burnt flavor about it. Like that just tastes like a delicious cold brew coffee. Mm -hmm. And also it's also 11% alcohol. I I can't think of a lot of other things I want out of a beer than Mm -hmm. taste like good coffee, have a lot of alcohol. So for me, that's a five or a buffalo cauliflower. And with that, Caleb, uh, to round off last week's funtivities, you learned a review copy that was sent to Ross, I believe. Yeah. By Borden Dice of Mandala Stones. And we played the shit out of it. And yeah. uh, that game is fucking great. Holy shit, Mandala Stones. I actually got that review copy like back in February, and I've just been it's just been staring at oh, me for yeah. months. Yeah, because we can't play yeah. physical board games. No um, games. Yeah. Uh but yeah, we're we're getting to those. And uh the one I could learn in a night was Mandala Stones, which of course says something about it. Mm-hmm. And um, hard recommend, like good, good on you to send that review copy to us because damn, yes. I like that game. Um, it is uh, <clears throat> more than anything. It reminds me of Calico mm. with having mm-hmm. every every interaction you have on that board mm-hmm. is just one informational input too many. Yeah. And your <laughs> brain just Boy, starts to yeah. spark a little bit. Um yeah. So you've got basically how you set up Mandela Stones. It's purely abstract. Yeah. Um, You are going for points. Uh, The way you're going points is you have four different colors of Mandela Stones. Mm -hmm. 
And then you have uh, each Mandela stone has one of two sigils on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you will stack them all before the game starts. Not unlike uh, Dragon Castle, the Mahjong oh, game yeah, that we yeah, quite yeah, like. Yeah. So the setup can be a bit labor intensive if I had a critique. Um, but once that's done, you're hopping these little stamps around. And when they when they hit an area, you can pick as many stones as you would like, matching the, the sigil. Mm-hmm. Of that little stamp you just put down, yep. provided it's not adjacent to another stamp, which would freeze that in place, right. or of a different sigil type, which means you can't pick it up. You have to pick them up in a specific order. Once you pick them up in that specific order, you can't move them. Right. And then you move that stack of stones over to your player board, yep. which has one of five spaces and this is the the most devious goddamn thing I've ever seen. Because if you're not picking up stones, the only other thing you can do in Mandela Stones is to score your board, mm-hmm. which you either score by color or by tops. Yep. So if you score by color, you're like, I'm going to pick up all my blue stones. Mm-hmm. And then your blue stones all have to be face up. But it also uh, triggers scoring mechanics depending on which column they're in. Yep. So like the first one is just like, Hey, you're going to score points for every column of a different height between mm-hmm. zero, one, two, or three stones. With a blue stone on top. Yeah, with a blue stone on if top. If he chose blue. Yeah. yeah. Uh, if you, this next one, you're going to store uh, points for depending on where this blue stone is at. Mm-hmm. So if this is the third in your stack, you're going to score six points. Right. But this mm-hmm. one's four. And, this, and then this one, you're going to score six if this is the bottom stone. Yeah. So if you have anything on top of it, it's going to score dog shit. And then it's like different colors and different this. And you're triggering all these off at once, either by scoring all your colors or you're desperately trying to set that up by saying, I'm just going to score my tops for plus one each. Add them to this central mandala stone tracker, mm-hmm. not unlike patchwork. Yes. Uh, and then when that fills up, the game is done and most points win. Um, and it is like you could teach it in five minutes. Yeah. And then you finish it, and you're just like, oh, we got half the rules wrong. Right. <laughs> uh, and then you can teach it in five minutes again, and you get it all right, and you're just like, okay, we played it perfectly that time, right? It's like, sh- we should set it up again, yeah. right? We yeah. should set it up and play it immediately. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, it was it was just astounding. It, yeah. It has the replayability and the tactileness of Azul to me. And, and yes. it felt yeah, yeah, very yeah. Azul-y tile mm-hmm. placement. There are limits and restrictions on where you can place tiles once you take them. It's a little more complex than Azul. It is, it, it is it easier is. to... Azul is way easier to set up. Yeah. I will give it that. Actually, what, what struck me is after you all left, Burke uh, had not played Summer Pavilion, the new Azul. And so we played that and it actually felt having played summer pavilion again, Mandala stones played more like summer pavilion to me and that the placement was more uh, rigorous and restrictive. And that's yeah, actually one of the things I like about summer pavilion. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it is, it is odd for, for a long time. We talked about the, the rise and, and, and the joy of polyomino games. Like we really liked polyominoes there for a bit. Mm-hmm. And then we started like playing more intense polyominoes, you know, uh, feast of Odin, for example, where it's like there, there's a whole set of machinations you go through before you even take a thing and put it on your board. And then once you put it on your board, there's a whole second set of machinations about how that thing is going to score and what it does for you. Um, 
Mandala Stones has the same level of rigor on the front end and on the back end, how you choose what to take and then how you choose how to stack that thing on your board. Cause once it's stacked, it's set. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, but it, it feels so much more accessible and easy to get into. There, there was almost a chess like quality of, of the, the way the game moved and the decision-making in the game. Um, I have not played a lot of abstract strategy games that immediately made me go like, we should play that again. Like right now, let's play it again yeah, right I, now. We talked about our polyomino love and we've run into ones that are like, int- not interesting, but like good, but not interesting. Like right. uh, Copenhagen. Yes. Or a Heil. Right. Games that are like pretty. Yeah. But. A Heil was fun. It's just physical Tetris. Right. And it's not. I'd, I'd forgotten about it until you mentioned it. But, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. Uh, but like we are so far down that rabbit hole and right. need something like Feast of Oat. Yes. You can place this here. Right. But not here. Right. And not here. It's going to be worse. You got to cover up the silver. Only if you have a Viking cow. And if the Viking cow gives milk, right. you could put it next to here for a big score. But yeah, yeah we need that kind of stuff. And I was expecting rules lightiness because yeah. it was very rules light. And right. then what I got was like that plus hive or something yeah. like desperately thinking like, Oh, this is new chess. Right. Like <laughs> totally, but there's four of us and I have no idea what's happening. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, so I was, I was very impressed. Like, mm-hmm. um, yeah, lots of replayability, totally different every time. I think once you start to understand the scoring mechanics, the game takes off rapidly in terms of enjoyment. And yeah. also, I looked it up afterwards because I thought, like, I might, I would honestly, we don't double up on copies of games a lot because between the three of us, we've got just a fuck ton of games, many of which we've, <laughs> we've never played. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I looked it up because I would order, it's only $28, which, like, in terms of board games these days, it's really hard to say. Oh, the a component game. quality yeah. is fantastic. Yeah, the tiles are very so good, good tactile. Not, not even just the tiles, the player boards are thick, heavyweight. Yes. Yeah. It was, oh man. The, the only, I, I wouldn't call it criticism, but like comparing, thinking back to Azul, I think. Like I would not give this to like Azul is a game I would teach. Oh, to it is people. not a starter game. Right. Yeah, it's not yeah. So, like this yeah. is like something I would like if I was trying to get like my family or like other people who are not in board games. I would do Azul. Yes, but I would not go with this game right. until after they'd conquered Azul. I think that Azul is easier to grok strategically because the way they've laid out the board in Azul yeah. is just so intuitive. But mm-hmm. but let's not forget. Teaching the scoring every time you have to teach scoring in Azul, suddenly that game is infinitely more complex than it needs to be for two minutes. And I don't and I think that whereas Azul adds crunch in the weirdest place possible, which is scoring your tiles round around. I think Mandala Stones just adds that early in the game, which is thinking strategically about how placement works in the first place. So I think you trade crunchiness there for crunchiness here. Mm-hmm. Um, but I agree with you that I don't think that in terms of accessibility, it's anywhere near what, what, it, what Azul is. Yeah. 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 And it, it's partly uh, by defying that expectation and being its own thing. Yes. That mm-hmm. I became enamored with it. Absolutely. Uh, mm-hmm. But um, <clears throat> yeah, no, I would not start anybody on this. Just, just us. Like we were basically all playing each other's turns because you'd move the little stamp thing. You'd be like, no, you can't do that. And he was yeah. like, yeah, but I can't, no man just look just look at it a little right. bit long fuck yeah i can't do that yeah <laughs> then like yeah. it'd be the next person's turn and you're like got you it's right. like no since he moved you can't do that and you're like fuck i yeah. can see that <laughs> to give you yeah. a sense to give you a sense of how thinky yeah, it is it, it was the three of us plus burke four 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 guys who do like to talk during games and like talk about what's happening and who genuinely like to talk to each other we have an entire podcast together to do just that <laughs> and and we played two games of that and and barely spoke a word I mean, oh it no just, it was dead silent yeah. like and just y- absorbed in thought burke's yeah. a smart guy he yeah. was just like sort of yeah 
Yeah. Two fisting his beard <laughs> yeah. on certain turns. Very like, Mifune, yeah. It, it, yeah. It, it's real thinky, but but accessibly thinky and interesting. And mm-hmm. like I said, I mean, not not that we need to belabor price points. I expect to spend no less than forty dollars on games anymore. And sixty is more more likely what I plan mm-hmm. to spend if I go to Meta or whatever to buy something. Twenty eight dollars blew my mind. No, I, I pay fifty for that. Hundred percent, not blink and be happy about it. Yeah. So, so uh, if you're looking for an abstract strategy game, maybe you've got some friends who want to do something a little thinkier than Azul, but like the idea of tile placement and tiling, tiling. Big fan of Mandala Stones. Congrats to Board and Dice. Really interesting game. Hope it takes off for them. And speaking of taking off, Caleb's got to get up right now and get another beer. So we'll be right back. Caleb, that looks delicious. What is it? Uh, it is the... Is that Cylon? Yeah, let's go with that. Yeah. <laughs> C-E-Y-L-O-N. Cylon. Mm-hmm. It's like fucking Battlestar Galactica Cylon? Yeah. yeah I don't I, know. Kalon? K- yeah. Uh, cinnamon. Uh-huh. Madagascar Nitro, which is a barrel-aged imperial stout. Doing a lot of stouts, huh? So yeah, yeah. Dim stout boys, round two <laughs> or three. I don't remember anymore. Yeah, yeah. I don't. The beer hole gives us what it gives us. It, okay, must. yeah. So no, I think clearly, it's a, yeah. a high ABV guy, and it said shake to activate, which is like not a thing that I would ever do with a can nitro or otherwise. Caleb loves a nitro. You're gonna though. love it. I fucking hate nitros. No, you're gonna absolutely love it. It's terrible. Okay. It tastes like. <laughs> No, I like it quite a bit, but you're going to hate it. Uh, it tastes like a, like milky horchata. Oh, God. Oh, I actually think we have a prairie horchata blend in the freezer for today as well. It is quite good, but it is also 9%. So just drinking a lot of thick boys today. Um, yeah, well, um, that is too milky. Um, well, that's the nitro. It is. You know what though? Like, Honestly, I didn't hate it as much as I thought I was going to. No. The complaint I have, I've consistently had about Nitro is that Nitro has a bad habit of t- making beers just taste flat. Not interesting. It but does flat. not taste flat. It does not taste flat. Um, it doesn't. I don't think I, I like it, but I don't think I could drink more than one right. night. Yeah, that's it's right. So vanilla and sugary. That's right. Like sweet. Yeah. Yeah. It is. It is. Um, I, your your horchata note is spot on. It, yeah. It's it's really milky horchata. Yeah. Really milky horchata. Yeah. Um, but. Hey, it's my stripper. It's still horchata. Uh, yeah. So get in there. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm going to give that a four. Some of the burgers. Uh huh. This is some of the burgers. Yeah. I'd have one at night. Yeah. Um, I would like to see some experiments perhaps with uh, malts or right. floats of some type. Oh, yeah. uh, but if, mm-hmm. if some daredevil, <clears throat> gustatory. You put some uh, coffee ice cream in that? Renaissance oh, yeah. person uh, were to do that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Cut some of that milkiness a little bit with some bitterness. Here's the brilliance of the some of the burgers rating. Not all of the burgers are good. It's some of the burgers. Uh-huh. And so that suggests that you're not always going to get a perfect experience. Now, now you see, well, I there's did, too many burgers. I didn't say anything way. during the actual rating system about how right. utterly inconsistent that was with the rest of the rating system. Wow. I right. just, right. Uh, just, but I pulled it out. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I've but observed. you had to call it a genius move yeah. and bring it back up. Yeah. 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 Uh, and I couldn't swallow it twice. Right. No, right. Yeah. Um, like some of the burgers. Yeah. A hundred percent. Anyway, what we are talking about is our longtime fan favorite segment. Yeah. Cooking with the mix six. Yeah. Well, uh, we're all we're all trained chefs. Classically trained. Yes. Friedrich suggests it's time for the ever popular cooking with the mix six where you teach us to cook your favorite dish. 
Uh, since we at the Mix Six always provide twice the value to our listeners, sure, uh, we're going to talk about one thing we would cook for other people and one special just for us. Sometimes treat. Mm. Uh, so you get two recipes for from each person. So uh, who wants to go first? I have some rules questions. Yeah, and I don't. I don't want to sound like Caleb Stokes here and just ignore the question wholeheartedly and answer something else. But I do want to clarify. Mm -hmm. Does cooking mean we have to make all parts? I cannot order food here. Yes. Okay. All right. That's fine. Yeah. Yeah. It's got it. Yeah. We're great. Okay. Okay. So uh, I will, uh, I'll start then. All right. Um, I'll start by making. Is this a for others or a f- just for me? Sometimes for, for, uh, for others. Okay. Yeah, and I will make I will make a dish for Caleb because I am deeply in tuned with your food sensibilities. Well, thank you. Yeah, and I have I have been around you long enough to know how you feel about certain foods, and I have certainly had enough meals with you. And I know that you're looking for a chicken dish, and I know that if it's not uh, like chicken strips, you have fallen in love with the old Mexico. Uh, uh, mm. a roast con pollo. Yeah. It's like your favorite thing in the world. Mm-hmm. And so I would make you some nice uh, rice and then I would grill some chicken and I would mm-hmm. put that chicken with a little seasoning, salt and pepper, probably just a little S&P mm-hmm. uh, over, over that rice. And then I would just cover that bitch in cheese. I mean, just totally smother it in cheese. Mm-hmm. Throw it in the toaster oven for a little while. Let it broil. Let that cheese bubble up. Get that cheesy bubble up a little bit. A little S&P chicken. <laughs> Got some rice. Uh, and then I would set some chips on the table for you. No salsa. You don't need salsa. You're not a salsa man. Yep. Uh, and now you've got some chicken and cheese and rice and chips. And that folks is like, that's like a Caleb Stokes, like dream mm-hmm. meal. That's a pretty good meal. You're yeah, welcome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're welcome. I, I, I did that for you. Thank you. Okay. Do I have to go now on what I would make for me or are we, are we kicking it around? It's up to you, man. We, okay. you know, how I, we, I mean, we know got, how we've done this for years. Yes. Yeah. Jump so. in there, producer. Russell. Okay. Uh, so one for guests and then one just for me or one yeah. special. Okay. Yeah. Um, so the one I do for guests is actually one I learned from Matt. Um, it is a bacon zucchini feta pasta. Uh, wow. So, wow. yeah. Uh, basically, yeah, you have the pasta uh, uh, and you cook the bacon um, and you put a little lemon juice on it. Uh, when basically put the feta cheese on last. Uh, it's very good. It's a very summery. And of course, that you cook the zucchini as well. Um, just grill it a little bit. Um, Damn. Yeah, it's it's uh, oh, and add some garlic too, of course. Uh, yeah, yeah, Gar- uh, garlic good is the thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe some parsley. How do you chop the garlic? Like, okay, just uh, two, no, two times, and then you slice yourself with a knife, and then you cook it. Yeah, I think. Yeah. Uh, are, you, are you a garlic smasher? Oh, you got to crush that stuff. <laughs> yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, turn the back of your knife over, yeah, yeah. pat that shit down, mm-hmm. or yeah, get yeah. one of those little. Uh, yeah, you things. get you get a little garlic press. Yeah, yeah, garlic press. Too. I think I have one. So yeah. yeah, I would do that. Um, it's very good for company. It's very, it's a very light. I've been over uh, here like 7 million times. You never made me fucking. Well, you never, he- you never asked to come here for dinner. I was literally here for dinner last week, Ross. Well, that was, we were drinking a lot. Yeah. Well, sounds yeah. like you should have planned better. I should have. Yes. I, I had, tra- what were you talking about? I had charcuterie stuff. He did. Actually, shout out yeah. to Ross. I talk often about how when I come over here, I just eat peanut butter cookers, cookies like a four year old <laughs> in between takes. Ross had like a whole charcuterie spread set up last yeah, week. Yeah. With like here. fancy cheeses. My yeah. stripper name is actually Milky Charcuterie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah very Weird, very world. popular <laughs> only on wednesdays around yeah. lunchtime yeah yeah so uh, what do you what do you make for yourself russ uh for myself um basically i have these um udon noodles that you they're sort of like half cooked so you just have to boil them for like three minutes 
Um, but also then I get a bunch of different, like uh, I usually have frozen like different meats or uh, meatless meats, you know, like uh, beef tips and that kind of thing. And then stir fry vegetables. I cook those for a bit. Uh, then put the noodles in and then, uh, I have Korean gochun sauce. Um, and then here's the real secret though. Get some, uh, I went to an Asian grocery store, got a, uh, Sichuan pepper paste, uh, to give it an extra kick, you know, that numbing tingliness. Uh, yeah. And some sesame seeds and just stir fry it. Um, and it takes about 10 minutes. I do that a lot. Yeah. Um, I order those noodles in bulk. Like, <laughs> and they're very good. Yeah, so. that sounds delicious. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are a few places in town that are doing udon now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, damn, like it is a But nice udon and stir fry, not as a, like a soup. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Not like a ramen replacement. Yeah, yeah. yeah totally. Uh, but yeah, yeah. I, I love udon noodle, noodles in general. So, yeah. Um, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, I would make a roast for myself. Uh, I really like a roast. It's like very homey. It's mm-hmm. very comforting. You make enough of it. You can eat on it for a few days. Mm-hmm. Um, found a really good recipe that we like to use and we've upped our cookware game over the last couple of years. Uh, so good pot. You need, you need a good cast iron. Oh, uh, sure. And, uh, you know, you let that shit just sit for like three or four hours. Got some carrots, got some onions, got some stock in there, deglaze that shit after it browns on both sides. Ooh, ooh. You know, and then if you want, you want to make some mashed potatoes for the side, that's totally fine. You just want mm-hmm. to eat the carrots and the potatoes. Maybe you throw in there with it. Everybody's in the pool. Also cool. Also cool. Yeah. This is a good cooking show. Caleb, what are you making? Uh, so for other people, yep. I would probably make the only thing I know to make, which is um, chicken teriyaki. So I would... Brine the chicken breast for two hours Damn, along with the skewers. Oh, and a saltwater okay. mask. Yeah. Uh, then you'd start the grill up. You'd <clears throat> season the chicken with garlic powder and seasoned pepper. Uh, and then you would put that on the grill with the pineapple skewers. I fucking love pineapple. And then when those are done, you'd get those out and then you'd get the rice out. Uh, then you'd get Panda Express. You wouldn't listen. Right. When they said to water it down, you'd right. say no. You put it in there like it's just basically you take it straight. Right. Uh, right. You take it straight out Based of the bottle. Uh, you microwave that a little bit. You dump it on top of the rice and the chicken and the pineapple and you make yourself a little bowl. Bingo, bango. Yeah. Now you got chicken teriyaki. Now for me, right. sometimes, you know, you never really know when you're getting frozen meats. Which ones to go and like fish sticks and toasted ravioli? They don't really go with like we're gonna have fries. It doesn't seem right. to fit. The, they're um, they're the whole thing. So there's always some left over in the freezer there. So what I do sometimes is uh, you put the T ravs in because they have a longer cook time. Then you throw the fish sticks on top. You have yourself what you call a meat plate. You get it out. You put it all <laughs> on one plate with the toasted ravioli and the fish sticks. You just cover that thing of salt till you can't tell the difference right. between either of them, right. and you mm. go to town. I like to call that the Caleb Stokes surfing turf. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. No, that's really so uh, try meat plate if you've ever had the opportunity. Meat yeah. plate. Yeah, well, sounds like something from the fifties, right? <laughs> Just put it in jello. No, we're out of jello. Right. If we had jello, we would have just eaten jello. It's a Ron Swanson. You don't eat you don't eat meat plate when you got jello in the house. That's yeah. true. That's Ooh, well, that was refined for all of us. <laughs> Ross Ross has really outclassed us here in that he's cooking anything. So yeah. um well with that, enjoy your meals and we're gonna get another beer. Meat plate. Ever since you moved in down the hall. Ever since you moved in Ross, what are you drinking? Well, I am drinking the Yugada Horchata 
from uh, Perry Arsenales. It is a Imperial Stout with cinnamon, vanilla, and sugar. Uh, it's a collaboration with uh, someone. Uh, it, that's a very small <laughs> label. I'm not going to. Yeah. We're professionals yeah. here. Uh, it's got cinnamon, vanilla, and sugar. Anyways, I'm going to drink would, it. Yeah. Would you drink it already? Sugar. You, be- you best believe I'm drinking after you with a prairie. Horchata. Horchata. I don't think sugar is a, is a required call out here, guys. Like mm. that feels like it might be too much for me. And and I love a prairie beer. I think we all know it's, that. Yeah, it's really good. It's Ross it's looks like he's guest starring in a episode of Numbers. Yeah, he really does. Yeah, just is, is, there's uh, actually. I mean, the vanilla and the cinnamon really come in strongly. But it's, it's not. not it, it's not overwhelmingly sweet though. It's not the bomb base though, which is like no. mo- most of their stouts are like those big bomb bases. You know, pirate bomb, prairie mm-hmm. bomb. Those are thicker than this, I think. Uh, yeah. yeah. See, I don't think I'm going to like that. I think it's going to be too sweet for me. Yeah. It looks thin. It's, it's, it is it's thin because it's, uh, well, I would be surprised if they're not aping battered board, uh, borchata. Oh, which man. Is, the smell is like cinnamon toast. The borchata, the borchata was uh, 15 minutes away from the Prairie Tasting House and the mm-hmm. best beer I have maybe ever had. So... That is very good, uh, but it is it is a preservative horchata flavor. Like they found some way to emulate it with our artificial. It, it is can't. it is a collaboration with the open bottle, not with. I was looking to see if mm-hmm. it was battered boar because yeah, it yeah, is yeah. so close. That's um that's actually very good. It is very good. Yes. I, I'm, I, I like can't it quite decide if it's a four or a five. Like, Look, can I make a suggestion? Yeah, seasonally it is a five for me, but in the middle of May it feels like a four, and I've never yeah. felt that way about a beer. Oh yeah, stouts no, in general. Uh, 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 that in November, yeah, would uh, would knock you fucking socks. That's all I drink in, in yeah, November. Yeah, December. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I agree. Stouts are more of a colder winter, and that stout in particular, like that in a Swisher Suite, while I stare at a barren frozen field in Missouri, is, yeah. yeah, is my idea of a part. Uh, I'm gonna give it a four. Yeah, um, yeah, but I think it's, that's right. It's uh, yeah. If this was, yeah, it is seasonal. I think right. I, I agree with you on that. Yeah, but like having said that, mm-hmm. come November, December, like I will be looking. If they're for still that, making them. Yeah. yeah. And that's the thing. Like, I'm kind of wondering about the release schedule here. I don't remember seeing that at the end of the year. This is new, I think. Yeah, I, I think so, too. I've seen it. Yeah. I'm also, uh, just quick shout out to Prairie. They're doing a lot of stuff because they did that Cocoa Berry. They did that Cocoa Berry. That's what I was going to say. Quick yeah. quick shout out to Prairie. We got on them a little bit. Not that whatever they do matters. Oh, to, no, they, not not they, that whatever they, they we to, say. Totally. Yeah. We I think we changed their trajectory a bit. <laughs> we got on them for a little while because we yeah. did nothing for two years but talk about how great Prairie Artisan Ales was. And then, honestly, I think they started to rest on their laurels a little bit and they slowed down. And over the last, thank you. And <laughs> meaning the flare base and which they put in everything the last like six to eight months, the shit they've been putting out the new stuff, honestly, mm-hmm. going back to Christmas, starting with this year's version of seasick crocodile, which I thought was unfucking believable. Um, they've been doing new cool stuff that feels not like we're repurposing our bomb base or repurposing our flare base. So shout out to Prairie on this one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think, uh, losing the guy to side project fucked him up for a little bit, mm-hmm. but, uh, oh, they seem to be, yeah, they seem to be on the front foot of that. Uh, yeah, anyway, what are we talking sense. about? Yeah. So we're into ask mixed six and longtime friend of the podcast, longtime purveyor of fine goods to members of the podcast. Brownie asks, let me just take a moment. We have so many great listeners. I mean, like everybody who listens to this show is fucking great. Even the people who complain uh, about my un- my objectively great uh, uh, food rating systems are generally pretty good people. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is why it feels difficult to parse any of them in terms of quality. 
but I will say this, like, I just think, I just think Brownie is like one of the best people just generally. The fact that he is also a listener of our podcast, I think is unique and wonderful. But if you've not had a chance to interact with Brownie, you're missing the boat, get in the discord and start talking to that man. And I'll tell you the truth. Brownie done up the game. He's done. Leave y'all in the dust. He makes me saw traps. He programmed me a website. Right. He sends me zombie he dust built. in the mail. He has set a gold standard that you are all he, lead compared to. <laughs> he uh, he literally forged a heart for Haywire. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. Um, right. And I, when I say this, I, I mean this in the best possible way. He is the platonic ideal of the virtues of a Midwesterner. Yes, that's exactly right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, he might be the Godwalker of the Midwest. I mean, he's definitely he's definitely walking on the path. There, there's probably competition somewhere. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Brownie very much reminds me of a character from uh, Neil Gaiman's American Gods, mm-hmm. like who's been here forever and is an immortal and so therefore knows everything and is also super calm about all of it like oh yeah i've built a tractor with my bare hands before it's not that big a well, deal you haven't messed with his cats and then right then you see the others right and yeah <laughs> and they're just warning signs. that's when the saw traps come out yeah that's exactly yeah. right mm-hmm. anyways enough about brownie for now brownie asks what side characters in popular or unpopular media deserve more of the spotlight you know it comes to my top of the head Get in there. Immediate. The Speedwagon Foundation from JoJo's Bizarre oh, Adventure. Yeah, of course it does. Uh, those are the true heroes. They Would you make say it that all it possible. Reminds you of the Leland Payton Foundation or Center for <laughs> Content Creators. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Perhaps that you're a little biased. Here. They enable JoJo, all the JoJos, to do the, the shenanigans that they do, and without their and they die in great numbers, right? To showcase what the evil villains can do when they're stand powers. They do have uh, a surprising amount of resource that shows up out of nowhere all the time. Mm-hmm. Hey, new game idea, King's Dilemma, but you're just members of the Speedwagon Foundation. <laughs> And every game yes. you play is a generation of JoJo. Yes. Oh, yeah. And you like all it. have like varying political agendas. Yeah. Uh, I think JoJo should cure cancer. I, I, I think he should get really good at Kung Fu. Like, yeah. Some are loyalists to old JoJo's <laughs> and like have strong <laughs> beliefs about how Jotaro is acting. Yeah, you're actually better off if your generation What about JoJo that one dies. pillar man we have trapped that we can't kill? Right, yeah. right. Yeah. That's never, that, they forgot about that plot. <laughs> right. Why are you fucking off to India, guys? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, uh, that's interesting, though. Yeah, uh, or slasher flick. Well, game. I'm glad we made this accessible, Brownie. Yeah, to, to <laughs> everyone. On I this. know that Brownie was like just uh, like on the download trying to get him to more JoJo talk. So congratulations. Mm-hmm. Here, here's some picks. Um, uh, one thing that Caleb and I share in common is a love for. Uh, uh, television comedies, not all of them, but we do share some. Caleb doesn't like The Office. I think it's the greatest show of all time. But we do find a lot of overlap in like Parks and Rec, 30 Rock, for example. Mm-hmm. But here are a few people from shows that I know we both also binge watch over and over and over again that I think deserve their own shows. Winston Bishop from New Girl. Yeah. Winston is subtly one of the funniest characters on television. And it took me a long time to realize that because Schmidt is overtly one of the funniest characters on television. Mm -hmm. And Jake Johnson is the real hero of that show in some ways. And so he kind of takes the cake towards later seasons. And Winston's always there in the background, just making the funniest observations and or weirdest comments you've ever heard. And recently we've been rewatching Brooklyn nine, nine, and I will tell you that Charles Boyle is a comedic genius. Yeah. Like yeah. Joe Latrulio. Joe Latrulio holds that show together. He holds yeah. that show together. And if you did an entire mm. fucking bit about Joe Latrulio as Charles Boyle or Greg Robinson as Doug Judy, I would watch either of those shows. See, I don't 
I don't know, like, I don't know if I need any more spinoffs, though, right? Oh, no. Well, yeah, we don't need any, but that's all this is anymore. Yeah, but aren't we in the world where, like, this question has been answered in every conceivable, like, framework? Like, we very much are in a world of, like, side character-esque. Yeah. Yeah, but they're not all bad, right? So, like, for example... No, they're not. I'm not saying they're bad. I'm just saying that, like... It's very rare that I have any interest in a side character that is right. not instantly fulfilled by a fan base. What about the, oh, okay. You yeah, buy, like, like, like in terms of, like, there is a message board for it, right. and there's mm-hmm. people Reddit standing for it, and people well, wearing shirts for it. So how do we feel about, like, the Furiosa movie coming out? Yeah. See, again, I'm fine with it, but, I like, that's the other thing. Like, um, like I can't think of anybody in the modern mindset that doesn't have at least some attempt to make that into fruition. Yeah. Like, yeah, there's sort of like fan theories and like petitions that don't go anywhere because they don't reach a critical mass. Yeah. So I suppose you could ask a question about that, but I'm like, I'm not that deeply invested in the fan base. I don't think to get, um, to get something like that changed. How about this side characters are almost always more interesting than the main characters. Well, partly because I think there's some mystery. Like I don't yeah, exactly. want, I don't oh, yeah, want to yeah. know why Charles Boyle is as deeply and uncomfortably sexual yeah. as he is yeah. as a character. Like right. I like that it's just something that is so supremely awkward. It cannot be addressed. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, like, like the moment you explain to me why he thinks washing a woman's hair is the most central experience <laughs> is the moment it's no longer funny. Now yeah. it's just kind of weird. I yeah. Guess. I don't need an origin story for the cloud character. Yeah. What, like when you think of Parks and Rec, who do you think of first? Ron Swanson, right? Yeah, absolutely. But I don't think or, I want to watch a, a whole Ron Swanson show. Well, yeah, that's true. Uh, no, it would nauseate me because right. Ron Swanson's political beliefs Who's the only are redi- What's the only redeemable part of NCIS? That goth girl. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I I don't know. All right, never mind. That's my answer. <laughs> that is my answer. Yeah, you redo every individual episode of NCIS mm-hmm. as a sort of like Rashomon esque perspective from the titular character of that goth girl from the NCIS. That's mm-hmm. the name of the show. Um, that and you realize that her depiction in NCIS is just what boomers imagined her doing. Like oh, yeah. what she's actually doing is just like no, you got to press the the alt key. <laughs> you got to press no the alt. Uh, you got to yeah. press them both at the. She presses it one time like this, yeah. and then like you cut back to the original episode. It's the dual hacking scene, yeah, because yeah. that's what Gil Grisham, right. a man whose brain was lost at Woodstock, uh, thinks uh, hackers do because he's a fucking boomer asshole. Uh, so yes, that's my new answer, Brownie. I want the goth girl to be redeemed. Mm-hmm. I just want like her life, finding love at a goth rave mm-hmm. uh, at night. Uh, you know, doing. Yeah. Mundane scientific work and dealing definitely with, does not wind up with that that nerd guy. But. No, no, and and no. It, yeah, no. Oh well, that storyline gets dark. We're hoping <laughs> to get canceled before we get there. Oh, no, that that, uh, yeah. that that is like a good uh, a good segment for us to keep in the queue that we'll never remember, which is like really hashing it out. Which of the poli- now that you've raised the Law and Order question, Ross? Mm-hmm. Which of the police procedurals are are the worst? Like which one is the worst? Cop rock bones. Uh, NCIS, NCIS, the CIS. other one, CSI, CSI, yeah. CSI, the other one, CS, one of the CSIs. Yeah, well, maybe. See, that's the thing. You don't the New really, York one. Yeah, I mean, that's the one with the furry episode. But oh, it has, yeah. it's got yeah. Sinise. 
Yeah. You're going to say Sinise right. less than Caruso? Right. You Caruso. a madman? Yeah, well, because Caruso had a better meme, let's be honest. <laughs> well, okay, yeah, but if better... <laughs> I mean, David Boreanaz might have best of all memes. I mean, that, yeah. that man got a lot between yeah. Bones and... Uh, Angel and but yeah I don't know so anyway it's something to come back to that we'll never remember um, <laughs> Brownie thanks for everything you do and thanks for the question with that I'm going to get another beer mm-hmm. hey Spencer what are you drinking I had one of these uh, two weeks ago at Best of Luck Beer Hall on tap, and I'm excited to try it in a can because it seems like the kind of thing I would want to buy during the summer as we think about seasons and beer mm-hmm. uh, and drink a lot of. So I'm hopeful it is as good in the can as it was out of the draft. This is from Stone Brewing. It's the Buena Vesa Salt and Lime Lager. It's 4.7%. It's a Ooh. lager with salt and lime. That's that, it. That's yeah. the whole thing. I like that, though. Um, stones never really stood out to me, to be honest. Um, but they've not like been horrible, but I've never been super impressed with one of their beers. Um, that is, well, the thing about stone is none of us really liked, like er, we never got into arrogant bastard, yeah. which is like really where stone got their, like, that's, kind their of, scotch ale, right? that's like their big, like get into it stone beer. And yeah. then after that, they started releasing like the, the, the sell by stuff, which yeah. are, which are all fine. They have a really good pale ale for what it's worth. Um, this beer, exactly what it says on the 10, uh, it is a salt and lime lager. It tastes like a Corona without any bad lime in it. Um, and you know how I feel about a Corona. Look, it's not changing the way I think about beer. It's exactly what I think it's supposed to be. I would drink a bunch of them if it were hot out. It's a three. It's good. Drinkable. Yeah, drinkable. Um, I'm not, I'm not going to go out and buy more of them, but I'd drink them if they were there. I would buy them if there wasn't something better. You right. Know, like, right. if it was like a, a hot summer day. But you like that Avery, uh, is it the Avery Goza that you're the dogfish head? You like Sequench. Yeah. And I think that, that you would buy Sequench over this every day for like a light summer drinker, probably. Probably. I mean, I let me try it. Let me, because yeah. uh, Sequench gets real salty, like... Oh yeah, this is far less salty. Sequence does have a sort of built-in cap. Yeah, on that's true. That's have. I mean, this is this is like a straight like. Uh, oh, I ordered a generic. Mexican you know, I would alternate beer. between the two. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. I get a six yeah. pack of each. And yeah, then just yeah. It's good. It's yeah. good. It's, I mean, it's fine. It's a three. Congratulations to. But it just filled that same niche. Yeah, yes. yeah. So a Ross Payton three means he will two fist it. Right. That's right. <laughs> that's right. Which, by the way, for those of you keeping score at home, is a rice pasta. And we are in the mix six mock draft, which was your number one vote getter this week. James Burns asks, Mock Draft, pick your top three hobby game designers that you would put on your debate team. Hmm. A real synergy of interests here. Oh, we, we don't have a die. We need a way to determine a first player because I see there is already a shared pick, well, as okay, I assumed there let me, would. Let me, let me uh, um, just ask, is this sort of like, what are the rules of this debate? Like, is it is it sort of more like coll- collegiate uh, level? Like, there are actual rules, and you can't just Ben Shapiro it and just yell over the other people. Or is yeah. it? To, yeah, let's assume. Or is it more like the exact amount of time? Or is it Talking Head cable show? No, let's no, assume. No, no, no. Let's assume okay. that there's a, a specific topic, a structured amount of time, and but a they, set of rules. They have the same amount of time because you know, if it, it was Talking Heads on cable, you know, my number one pick would be oh. Dennis Detweiler. Oh, he's, yeah, he's very good at the angry hot take. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, but yeah, if you're if you're doing more nuanced, structured, that that would probably be 
Um, yeah. No, in a, in a world where we control day tournaments, uh, debate kerners actually give a shit about the truth. So yeah, yeah. Right. we're going to, we're going to do that instead. <laughs> yeah. Are you bringing up a, a die? Is that what you're doing? I'm trying. That's like a random I number. I have, I, there's a bunch of dice in that, in the dice cup over there. Oh, there it is. There it is. You right would think dice. in this household, there would just be, I mean, I used, I, I cleaned the table you know, in the before time. I forgot right. that a die, that, that a die was important for the show. I'm sorry. It's That's been fine. so long. All right. Red or black, Spencer. Black. Mm-hmm. Oh, black was higher. You go first. Bingo. I'm going to take Eric Lang off the board. Damn it. Yep. Uh, I figured. I figured. So if you don't follow Eric Lang on Twitter, uh, I so I don't I'm going to say a thing and then I'm probably going to regret saying it later when people start editing me about it. But uh, it has been harder for me to follow much of the board game community on social media over the last year to year and a half. Um, uh uh, but Eric Lang has remained immune to that for me because I just think that Eric Lang, who is a, a phenomenal designer, uh, uh, B has just incredibly good takes. And even if I don't agree with Eric's takes, and oftentimes I do, Eric is willing to go deep on those takes. So like an Eric Lang thread, if for nothing else is a reasoned, articulate thread about how he's ended up where he's ended up. And I think that that is a, that is an, an important skill in, in a debate setting. So I'll take Eric Lang. Mm-hmm. Damn it. Uh, oh, I got, he threw you off your game. I got heavily thrown off my game. I'm, oh, trying, no. I'm trying to look for a name because I know who I want next. <clears throat> what they do. Lancer. Massive press. Oh, right. That's two guys. Uh, yeah, I, I always get the artist and the writer confused. Yeah, yeah, same. And I'm assuming the writer is running the Twitter account, and I want him. Because <laughs> uh, he is uh, mean, uh, and I like it. Um, Miguel Lopez, yes. So mm-hmm. I will be taking Miguel Lopez. Uh, I would have taken Eric Lang because I do grieve. If you're going to be picking from game designers for your debate team, um, why would you not pick up the weapon that is usually left on the table in like a high school or college debate, which is ethos. Um, turning down an any because they hadn't retroactively revoked Zach S's any <laughs> is a pretty baller yeah. integrity move. Yeah. Um, there, uh, He's definitely a comrade on that end, so uh, that would be filling my corner if I can't have right. uh, Eric Lang for the same reasons, yeah. basically. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, you get a second pick, uh, as this is a snake draft. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, you got to have somebody doing research if you're going to do any kind of like, yeah. uh, you know, policy sure. or totally whatever agree. Our debate is. And uh, you need somebody who is technologically savvy that's going to find points that can, uh, you know, push you over the edge. And uh, if you are playing for points in a game with rules, can flood them mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. with the amount of information. Uh, and that's got to be Adam Jury. Um, when Adam Jury walks into a room, Great I'm surprised pick. he's not accompanied with a sort of minority report. Right. Uh, holographic projection of graphs him. and frames yes. and, and uh, Adobe spreadsheets hovering around him. Um, Great pick. He's the kind of kid who would have a power glove at your local arcade yeah. in the 90s. Uh, yeah, he he would be ready to go. Yes. Um, Because he's just a consummate professional. Uh, Now, 
I don't think he would do a lot of the pathos movement of the audience, uh, but that's why you have Miguel on his side. Sure. Uh, but he is going to be uh, filling those ammo magazines of sources faster than anybody else. Great yeah. pick. And I agree with your logic here that, that, that on a given debate team, you want someone who's going to go deep on information, who's going to be damn sure they know what they're talking about. And so I thought, what and you want them to feed the other person, right? Yeah. What game have I played recently where I thought, damn, a lot of research went into this game and I cannot think of a better lead researcher for a debate team than Elizabeth Hargrave who designed wingspan. Mm hmm. Elizabeth Hargrave takes a lot of bird based arguments, which is totally fine. Wow. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> totally fine. Elizabeth Hargrave takes a an a researcher's approach to board games and then figures out how to uh, turn information into meaningful interaction. And I have been impressed with every game she's made. I mean, even Mary Posa's, I thought, which we recently played, mm-hmm. um, which is a lot lighter than Wingspan in terms of... Health. I learned a lot about butterflies. Exactly. It was an informative educational Considering my experience. only source was the Venture Brothers. Right. Yeah. I'm just saying that there aren't a lot of other game designers who also have like articles in Science Magazine about mm-hmm. them. You know what I mean? Because of the depth and quality of research that's gone into their games. Yeah. Uh, Snake Draft, I'll pick my last pick next. Uh, in, in a good debate round, we ought not lose sight of the value of simplicity. Saying things clearly and plainly is sometimes the most powerful weapon you have available to you. And to this day, I do not think that there is a more simple, clear, and yet interesting and novel game than Point Salad. So I would take Sean Stankiewicz hmm. from Flat Out Games. Personal friend, no Sean. Just think that Sean is an absolutely wonderful guy. Super smart, super kind, very interested in improving the board game community. Also, just understands elegance. And sometimes a well-crafted, simple, elegant sentence, infinitely more powerful than all the ethos in the world. Uh, And so my team is officially Eric Lang, Elizabeth Hargrave, Sean Stankiewicz. And I feel very good, very good about my chances here. Man, that's a shame that I have to beat Sean. He's such a good friend, but such a great guy. It's not his fault. He's not the coach. Um, Anyway, my third pick and what is going to beat you on points (laughs) is uh, we are set for policy. Uh, We are set for extemp even, but Where's your interpretive? All right. Well, that's not a debate it's a t- team. Well, yeah, it's, it's a debate a f- team. Now it's a forensics team. Yeah, it's a full forensics team. But that's not. A, but but a debate team mm-hmm. is different than a forensics team. So in high school, you went to forensics class, not debate class. I went to both. I went to a forensics class and a debate class. Okay, well, Jackie just, Langston taught forensics. Mm, well, it's Sherry conflated here taught in Missouri, and you absolutely. I know grew up true. in Missouri. Yeah, and yeah. it's conflated. Often. Uh, and so So Jack Graham is gonna do interp. Right. Now here's the thing. If you've Damn. not heard if you've not heard Jack Graham tell a story, yeah. you are transported. Uh, uh, one of the best hours I had at Metatopia yeah. was just listening to Jack talk transported, about Transported yeah. uh through a portal of magic. When he talks about the first character that died when he was five year old playing D and D, you want to kill that D DM <laughs> just as much as he did. He just he just brings you along for a ride. Um, he's going to clean up in the entire creative category. So that's that's where we're going to win on points. Yeah. Don't forget, we've not done this for a while in person. You can vote on Discord, social media, wherever you'd like, really. Hashtag Team Caleb, hashtag Team Spencer, and that. Carrier Pigeon, really. Carrier Pigeon, Springfield, Missouri. You know the <laughs> P.O. box. The pigeon can just hang out. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that is our Mix 6 Mock Draft for debate teams based on hobby game designers. And with that, we're going to get more beer, and we'll be right back.
Caleb, that's a fun little can of beer. What's that? It's got bears on it's got, it. It's got a little bears. It's got bears. It's got bears on it's it. Oh, uh, it is the Torn Label Brewings Goldie Hops American Golden Ale. That sounds boring as hell, but four point eight percent, which yeah. frankly is kind of welcome at this point. In yeah. The episode. Yeah. Yeah. After what we've done. Starting with stouts. Right. We're working a big stouts. We're working backwards. Eleven percent. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> like, Torn Labels made some perfectly good little beer that we've had. Like I've yeah. enjoyed most of their stuff. Yeah. It's nothing, right? It's, an it's American a golden, golden ale. It's barely there. Right. I can't tell anything's happening in my mouth besides bubbles. Uh, that's a two. I mean, I can't be angry at it, but. Right. Like. Caleb uh, hates golden ales confirmed. I mean, okay. <laughs> right. What are the golden ales going to do? Continue sucking? Right. Like, well, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Muster a perfectly bland response. Yeah. Oh, man. Nondescript anger. I'm so worried about the golden ales. And it's actually fitting because the two in this instance is gluten free beers, many of which also don't have much flavor. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, yeah. V topical. circle. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of beer, we're into We Make a Pair, where we pair beer with non beer things. And in this episode or this segment, Turtle suggests pair alcohol. Alcohols with vaccines. Mm. Moderna, AstraZeneca, Pfizer, Johnson and Johnson. He'll go he'll go old school and include freaking polio if you want. We don't. We're not gonna do we're not, we're not gonna, gonna do polio. We're just no. gonna we're just gonna do the, gonna the do COVID one. ones. No. <laughs> uh so we'll start with Moderna. Wait, uh, which vaccine did everybody get? Uh Moderna. Moderna. Pfizer. Mm. Yeah. Don't know how. Felt lucky about it. I have I have no idea. I've I've never seen anyone who had Pfizer out well, outside the East Coast. My brother right. got Pfizer. Pfizer. Yeah. 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 yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh-huh. And yeah, yeah they give it to the Beltway folks. Yeah. Super East Coast. Yeah. yeah. Uh yeah, and I got very fortunate. I liked the timeline and I had no well, side. Well, he effects. was in Hawaii at the time, I think. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, I don't know geography, but that yeah, doesn't the seem diplomat. Like it. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh okay, so we're gonna start with Moderna. Uh Caleb, uh what would you pair? What would you drink? While you were also getting Moderna. Well, it's a two-part shot. Right. So right. Uh, you're going to have a pickleback, but backwards. So the, the pickle sucky juice? part. Oh. The sucky part comes second. Smart. <laughs> it does not get better at the second one. The second one, in fact, sucks quite bad. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, you do a backwards pickleback. So the so pickle juice first. Pickle and then juice, the then just a shot of tequila. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. That's really great. Yeah. Uh, Ross, what would you pair with Moderna? Moderna. Um... You know what? I'm going to say uh, Blue Moon for me. It was perfectly fine. Yeah, My right. arm was sore. It wasn't that bad. Right. It was, uh, yeah, Blue Moon in a can. Yeah. No, yeah. that's good. Yeah. Uh, uh, it was not that exciting, to be honest. Uh, so kind of a weird take, because I don't think any of these are, like, super enjoyable and great, unlike Abraxas, which is the first beer that I'm going to name. But here's the trick with Abraxas. Every time I've opened a bottle of Abraxas and had one, I've then had more than I should have had, and it all I always end up feeling like shit for it. Yeah, so, two Abraxai is right. too many. That's wow. exactly right. Yeah. That's perfect for a vaccine. Yeah, that's yeah. exactly right. Like the first one, okay, good. Also, I got you it. don't regret it, dude. Right? No. And yeah. then you're kind of like, whatever, I'll do it again tomorrow. Well, if, yeah. Also, if you had a third one, much like a third Madonna vaccine, you might die. Right. Yeah. Yes, 100%. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. The, the last thing I'll do on this earth is finish a bottle of Abraxas myself. <laughs> and at some point, it won't be a choice. Yeah, that sounds know? like a Twilight Zone episode. <laughs> yeah. Or Black Mirror now. Yeah, totally. There was time. There was time. <laughs> I'll just turn it upside down and it'll drip out like an hourglass into yeah. my mouth. Um, okay. Uh, AstraZeneca. Uh, Ross, what are you pairing with an AstraZeneca? Um, a Boddington. Uh, yeah. A British Bottom, beer. Uh-huh. You know, yeah. just not, kind of mediocre. It's not as good as, you know, other beers. Yeah, I've never been more bummed about a beer than Boddington's. Yeah. Like, I was so excited to try it. I know it's popular. And then mm-hmm. I consumed it. And I was like, oh. 
Okay. <laughs> yeah, you know, right? There's yeah. other beer, guys. It's not awful, but right. it's just right. Uh, you expected better. Caleb, what are you pairing with AstraZeneca? Uh, whatever a bartender gives you when you go up and say, surprise me. Oh, that's dangerous. Maybe there's vaccine in there. Maybe not. You don't know. Right. Much like AstraZeneca. I think that's more of a Sputnik thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think the AstraZeneca does work. I know it works, but like Thailand rejected it and China's not doing it. I'm just making jokes based on the media. Take <laughs> vaccines and also go up to a bartender and say, surprise me and call it the AstraZeneca. I mean, there's surely other shitty British beers you could use. Yeah, well, they're well, shitty British beers is redundant. Um, it really is. Yeah. Uh, it so really is. sorry for the hot take. Not sorry. Uh, AstraZeneca is for me Newport Storm 09, man. Uh, it's just <laughs> like, result? well, you know, like I just think about the people who, you know, they're like, a vaccine is coming. And actually, what it is is just silt, <laughs> and it's so depressing. I still probably, have those other yeah. Well, yeah, and you will forever have those other new. Oh ports. no, they're going to be open at some point. This is the thing. Uh, we should do them on a segment, just uh-huh. a segment about the new ports. Uh huh. Um, okay. Uh, now we're into Pfizer. Uh, Caleb, what are you pairing with a Pfizer? Uh, younglings, because it's only available on the East Coast. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Geographically, you might yeah. not have choice. Yeah. Right. Also, the second younglings is just the same as the first, because you probably got the vaccine very early, because mm-hmm. again, East Coast. Right. So, yeah. yeah. You're drinking younglings, and you're not feeling bad about it. Congrats. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Ross? Um, I would go with... Uh, one of the side projects. Uh, oh, yeah. Because yeah. yeah, it's the premium one. It's yeah. Like a lot of people, like, I only want the Pfizer. Right. And, you, you, know, could, you could get the LaRouche. And it's, yeah, LaRouche. And so it's it's premium. It's limited availability. Right. Geographically. Uh, and, um, but yeah, it'll still get you drunk. It'll still do the job. Oh, it'll get you drunk all right. Yeah. Uh, so I dream of finishing another bottle of LaRouche. Yeah. Dream of it. Uh, you know, I'm going to say a Boulevard Ginger Lemon Rattler. Hmm. Um Something I waited for intensely for a long time, then I got it, and it was super light and refreshing, Mm -hmm. which is exactly what Pfizer did to my body. Not a lot of downsides. So far, I haven't gotten COVID again, Mm -hmm. so I will take it. (laughs) Yeah. Last but not least is the one-shot wonder, Johnson & Johnson. Caleb, what do you pair with it? Uh, A single champagne flute (laughs) with a wafer-thin microchip floating on the surface. (laughs) Oh, the Yoko Ono? Yes. (laughs) Gold-plated microchip. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. I mean, it's not even, they, they just give those out with them. So I get it. You know, it's a shot in one hand and a champagne flute in the other. Yeah, it must be nice. Uh, Ross, what do you pair with Johnson? Natty Johnson? Light, it'll get the job done. Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly right. One and done. I can assure you, one Natty Light does not get the job done. Right. It get, yeah. No. Yeah. You, it is a rapid fire right. weapon. Let, not no, a, let me offer a permutation there, Ross, though, for my answer. A natty ice. That's it. Oh, that's yeah. what I was thinking of. Yeah. 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 Is, that the, that, is that the malt one? Yeah. Yeah. yeah sorry. That's what I was thinking yeah. of. Yeah. Uh, it's like a, le- I don't know. It's some high ABV percent. Mm-hmm. Uh, I Just kill yourself. It's easier. The, the, f- <laughs> the first time I encountered natty ice, I pulled up to a Kauffman Stadium to go watch a Royals game and a buddy of mine pulled up next to us and opened his trunk and just had natty ice in it. Like not not even like in a case, just like mm-hmm. in the trunk rolling around. And I was like, okay, here we go. Yeah, and I, if I saw that, I would understand men who died by <laughs> bleach. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, I, I've never hated myself that much. Aww. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so anyways, uh, enjoy your shots and enjoy your non-shot shots.
which is like an alcohol. I was doing like a, it, they're shots, but they're not shots. Cause like in this instance, shots mean something shot, else. Shot, right. Shot, yeah. Shot, shots. But, uh, but semantically it ended up in a bad place. Mm-hmm. I don't have a good segue here. So Ross is going to get a beer and then we're going to do drunk enough. Yeah, we are. Producer Ross, I'm going to need you to take a deep breath mm-hmm. and tell me what you're drinking. All right. This is Todd Man Out from Second Shift Brewery. Uh, it's a collaboration with Transient Artisan Ales. It is a lager. It's brewed with a bunch of shit. I mean, brewed with oats, Pilsner, Pilsner malt, rye malt, and buckwheat. And buckwheat. So this is going I to. I accidentally wrote Pils- <laughs> Pilsner mail. I saw that. And then rye, different kind of mail. <laughs> well. <laughs> I'm having keyboard issues. There's just a lot going. Yeah, yeah. Pilsner yeah. mail. Pilsner, Pilsner mail. Yeah. Um, Pilsner's that, only. That's the new soy. <laughs> oh, you know, he's a. Real Can I be like Babe Ruth and just point at like where I think it's going to go? <laughs> yes. I'm going to think this is going to be a two or a three. Three at best. I think. I think it might be a two. Like how, a hard two. How dare you take the objectivity from the rating system, sir? Yeah. This is a scientific <laughs> experiment wrapped in a podcast. <laughs> No, I can't tell. It looks like he's chewing. Yeah, it's well, um, there's, there's a lot of malt in there. A lot of yeah, mail or mail. Right, yeah. yeah, it's hoppier than I expected. Um, I don't know how you could have expected anything but maximum hop. Right, right. Well, lager. I mean, I guess I haven't had many buckwheat beers. Right, like, probably uh, a good thing. Does it taste like that scene in Gladiator where he runs his hand through the wheat field? Like, <laughs> yeah, what does it taste it like? Does. Yeah, I mean, it's actually. I'm going to give it a three. It's fine. Wow. Like, it's got a little bit of, it's got enough hop that you can taste it, but it's not like, like, right. too bad. It doesn't it's hate fine. You. Yeah, yeah. It's the right amount of hop, actually. That's good. Um, and it's a lager. It's, it's like genetically engineered to be a three, yeah. like log, as loggers are. That's right. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's fine. It's, we it's, combine the powers of two breweries <laughs> to make a three. Yeah. It's. Yeah. It's time minute. Yeah, no, it's fine. It's fine. I'm yeah. gonna finish it. It's a lot of mail. It's just it's just <laughs> beer um, with a bit of hop in it. Yeah, it, it's nice. Yeah, that's totally reasonable. Yeah, we're into drunk enough and Sam- I noticed. Sorry that neither of you wanted to try. Oh that. no, no, I'm good. No, 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 no. <laughs> honestly, the amount of time it took just to read the name, I'd already forgotten that we were doing. Yeah, I am case, honestly so. starting to do, and it may be a little bit prejudiced, but I am starting to follow a no paragraph rule, like. <laughs> Once the beer enters the second line of its name, I'm still like right. every word thereafter yeah, yeah, yeah. makes me less and less intrigued to drink it. Yeah. yeah. Oh, sure. Sure. Yeah. Uh, Sam B asks, Caleb, now that you're no longer employed by the state, are there any changes you want to make to your public persona? Spencer, as Brandy becomes more of a local figure, do you have more constraints? Take it away, Caleb Stokes. Well, uh, <laughs> No matter <laughs> no matter what you say, there's always somebody who said it better, right? Yeah. So Frank Reynolds once said, I don't know how many years I got left on this earth, so I'm going to get weird with it. Block that wind. Danny DeVito I, from yeah, Always Sunny. Block that Danny. wind while I light this bone. Okay, um, yeah. yeah. All right. And that's really how I'm going to choose to live my life. Um, <laughs> that's really the plan. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Get that tattooed across You started. Yeah. So. Are you going to get a tattoo? If I can afford it, yeah. Tattoos are cheap. Yeah. Depending on how big. Well, the tattoos are cheap feels like the last thing you say before you get a bad tattoo. <laughs> yeah, I would like to get a good tattoo, which yeah. are not cheap. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I've considered it if I make enough money. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but we'll see. What kind of uh, tattoo? Uh, definitely getting Stolos. He has taught me astronomy. <sighs> 
Uh, the taught, owl demon. Yeah. He has taught me where precious things are hid. Uh, oh, shit. And uh, yeah, I have followed him onto a new enlightenment. So would you go, would you volunteer to be a, uh, um, a contest or a, a, a human canvas on ink master? No, I don't know what that it's is. Free. I would. It's a reality show where if you're a canvas, you just get a tattoo done for you, but you don't have total control. Right. Sometimes no, you just have to get whatever tattoo they, they right. want. Yeah. Were I well, to get a tattoo? No, Cause yeah. I said, I wanted a tattoo of a bird man, yeah. not, Mm-hmm. whatever someone else decided to do. <laughs> yeah. But it's free. Okay. Well, I don't want it that bad. Um, I feel like this got diverted. I'm sorry. Um, well, uh, not necessarily because Maddie got a tattoo. And now I'm thinking about that. Ink master would be very public. Yeah. And so the question is, would your public persona include getting a random tattoo on ink master? No, right. No, well, that's fair. Okay. Uh, well, in the interest of being drunk enough, <laughs> but not quite so drunk as last episode, uh, I, I will say in the interest of like, in, in all seriousness, uh, yeah, I feel like the majority of my life as a teacher has been not saying what I actually mean or think, and I'm going to try and deprogram myself from that because um, there are certain areas where I think it's good. I think it's good that I don't get on Twitter and say the first hot take that comes into my head. Boy, Twitter is hard. Yeah, yeah. I, I, well, I, I'm glad I don't do that. I don't plan mm-hmm. on changing that. But like, I do wonder if my writing is like been harmed right by the fact that like the majority of my life around people is not being myself mm-hmm. and i'm not like trying to like claim our steel value of anyone from like lgbtq or living in a closet in that regard like it's not the same being an atheistic communist malcontent um that is still passing and has read enough bible to get the guys who bear witness to me to go away uh like yeah the book of kings ah! let me finish my Arby's. Um, yeah. Um, but yeah, I basically just want to live more authentically. Um, I think part of that is going to be, uh, living more comfortably. And I think some people are going to disagree with that. Uh, but I don't care anymore because I'm hoping to, right. I can't be a yeoman farmer. I can't fuck off to the frontier. Right. And like, there is no frontier. Yeah. There never was a frontier. Uh, but like, you know, that is the myth of America that I was raised on that. Like if, sure. pe- if it gets too bad, you can just fuck off and go live on your own. Right. I can't do that. I can start like three Patreons. Though. Right. <laughs> and that's, that's, that is my, uh, that is my farm in the wilderness, I suppose that I am trying to build. So, um, but if you're going to be a weird hermit out in the woods and you can't afford to be in the woods and you don't know how to grow anything and you're just an internet weirdo. I mean, I'm still going to have all the weird hermit shit, but like, that's right. Be on the internet. That's right. So yeah, weird yeah. internet shit. That's it. So yeah, Frank Reynolds really had it figured out. <sighs> yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> re, uh, Brandy, you know, uh, does it, does, do I have any restrictions? You know, no. Um, I mean, uh, it may appear to those not deeply invested in my day-to-day life. And why would you be that Brandy is becoming more of a local figure? But like, if you've known my wife or been around Springfield for the last few years, she's been a, like, she's just Brandy is getting credit for things she's done right, for years. Right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and so uh, in some ways it's not as different. I would tell you that maybe the one way in which it changes is not about restriction, but rather um, we just have to, to be, or at least, well, yeah, we're uh, at more things, and I'm not great at things. Uh, I have a I have a bell curve of performance at things, and it usually starts its upward trajectory after two old fashions. 
but it starts its downward trajectory after mm, an hour and a half. And I can't really control either of those things. And it so, really is about maximizing the two old fashions time. Yeah, that's right. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and, and cause, cause the other half of that is like, but if you pregame, right. You hit it too early. You hit it too early. Yeah. Or you hit your two old fashions and then you jump right to three without, without letting that second one breathe. Well, you're so excited. You just had two. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and so I do know that I have like a window for like being a really good partner in those moments that I have to try really hard to maximize and also be really honest with her about like what things, I'm probably not going to be as great at at what things I I probably have more energy to try at, but I don't think that's a restriction. I mean, at no point have either of us had a conversation about like me not doing the podcast anymore. Uh, And like, that's the one place in the world where I probably am not like the most normal human in, uh, of all time. And on the podcast, I am in fact the most normal human of, uh, of all time. I, I don't think Brandy's <laughs> going to be on the show again anytime soon, but, um, right. yeah, yeah, probably not. But like, yeah, I think I am at enough of a remove to still be a fun friend, but I could also be cut off and disavowed during any national political campaign. Oh. And I'm happy with that. Yeah. I'm a rogue actor. Uh, I cannot be controlled. Uh, I just do what I want whenever I want, and uh, no one can stop I feel me like except as for violence. scandals go, having, being on a podcast with a, a, a wacky co-host wacky. is like yeah. low on the scale. Oh, yeah, 100%. Like, that's 100%. A, like that, that, well, it's actually not a scandal. Right. <laughs> it, yeah. would just yeah. be, it would be a thing crazy right. people made up, yeah. which is always a danger. <laughs> sure. That's still like, that's Certainly like a, a possibility two on a scandal. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, so no no, no restrictions, so to speak. Uh, just, just more things to do. And uh, some of those things I really enjoy and some of those things I'm not so great at, which is why I'm not the one out there doing them. Uh, <laughs> and um, yeah, and, and we've worked hard to create some balance around that and, uh, and, and it works well for us. So no, it, it, it's a fun thing. I mean, I, I like that uh, we are in some form or fashion uh, uh, in the community and doing stuff and going to things and meeting people and all that. That's fun. And, mm-hmm. it, and it's cool. And certainly given her an opportunity to do it, absolutely incredible things for Springfield. Uh, and uh, this is she still Captain Springfield. Yeah. Captain Springfield ends uh, this summer, I think. And so her her term is nearly up. Uh, and you can know, she, can she run again or is that like, do they handle it? I, I think that there are rules in place around like not being able to do it again. And, and that I, makes sense. Yeah. And I will say that like, I actually like, I feel bad for her because my wife is like a hard extrovert, gregarious human loves being around people. And her captain Springfield term was marred by COVID. And so there were no events to like go be captain Springfield at during all of this. And, and, uh, and but she led us through, which is time to let the old ways die. Hour, yeah. Brandy was there. That's right. Let That's Brandy right. Be captain forever. The That's Game right. of Thrones begins. And uh, I don't think it's Game of Thrones. A symbol into the factions. Don't. Right. don't yeah. Well, but it, I mean, but it could be. You know, Game of Thrones the coup. 2. You know. The coup. Speaking of spinoffs. You the know, Officer's Revolution. Coming soon. Brandy I mean, captain I feel like forever. that's degrading Springfield by comparing it to Game of Thrones. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> At this that, point. That's probably true. Yeah. yeah. Um, Sam B, thanks so much for the question. And with that, we have wrapped our third full-length episode recorded in person at the Peyton household in Springfield. And the other food month. Well, I mean, not our third total, like third since COVID. Yes, third in the food month, though. 
Okay. Yeah, it's food month. The last one. Okay. Well, yeah, but like the the repercussions, the 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 echoes of this will will be on our Discord for <laughs> eleven more months. I'll, just a long time, and then I'll do it again. You do it. I again. don't know. I might have killed food month with pimple popping. Well, you you killed food month being the worst. Exactly. Yeah. Right. You yeah. set a new standard. Kill. Maybe I'll do another medical. You know, list we could to do get it. like to get the taste of food month we, out of our mouth and Caleb. see if people. Maybe, maybe that. okay. For the listeners out there, no one likes the taste of food. You should suggest a rating mouth. system that can dethrone pimple popping as a uh, like worst. I hope you don't. Challenge accepted. Dear God, <laughs> Ross, what well, are you doing? I told you I'm excited. No. I'm excited about this new public persona, and part of it mm-hmm. is worse rating. We system. were told unequivocally <laughs> that Doctor Pimple Popper made people. That's our, our nadir, our, our bottom. <laughs> yes. Okay. Anything above and beyond that? Now we are just we are just. Look, I've never completely and utterly asked to make people angry as an outcome of a rating system. Now, it may have been the outcome. Caleb Stokes knew exactly what he was doing. I did, I did not. You okay. did. Oh, don't. I don't. No shit. You're a liar. I saw your face the whole time. We were on How Zoom. could you not know? You, 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 yeah. you speak of deceiver. Yeah. Dece- I'm sorry deception. you don't like deceiver? healers. I am. Of oh. the sick. Healers yeah. of the sick. <laughs> I'm not doing this bullshit. Episode over. Outro. Wow. Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. There's shit there. Uh, hey, if you're a $6 backer or a backer of a certain level, thanks so much for listening to this. Also, don't forget, there's a $10 option available for you on Patreon that will allow you to get early access to our episodes and special access to the lounge on Discord where we talk about some other topics in advance of their availability to the general public. If you can and you're so inclined to participate in those conversations, don't forget to bump up your Patreon. And with that... Ross has a Kickstarter live. Caleb has a Kickstarter live. Caleb has two other Patreons. Ross has two other Patreons. I do. I don't have anything else. Um, uh, oh, if you join our Discord uh, by subscribing to our Patreon and linking your Discord account to our Patreon, uh, you can go to What Are You Making? And that's where I post uh, every once in a while what I, I've cooked for dinner. That oh. Night. That's where I post my, some of my stir fry. See stuff. that? You could see pictures of Ross Payton food. Next meat and plate, you, you guys post get an Instagram. I could post a roast. I'd have to get into the What Are You Making roast. channel. Yeah. <laughs> He's yeah. not going to do that. Hashtag roast post. He's not roast post. Yeah. Uh, I'm not going to do it, uh, <laughs> but, but I could, and I you agree. Could. I could do it. You could. Uh, hey, thanks so much for listening to the Mix 6 Podcast. I'm Spencer. I'm Galen. We'll talk to you next time.